Clear Returns is a predictive analytics software for retailers. We look at the retail world the other way around, so we're helping retailers understand the real perspective of their data. Correlation is not causation. You know, just because somebody's bought pink socks doesn't mean that they're a serial returner. In this week's episode of the Hot Topics podcast, Peter Stojanovic sat down with the CEO of Clear Returns, Vicky Brock. The pair discussed how retailers can utilize data to target the $200 billion lost every year in returned items as well as the current state of the data science space. Well, hello, I'm here with Vicky Brock, CEO of Clear Returns. Hello. Hello. Um, could you just briefly outline what Clear Returns does? Sure. Uh, Clear Returns is a predictive analytics software for retailers. Mm-hmm. And we look at the retail world the other way around. We look at what the shopper keeps rather than what they buy. Mm-hmm. Um, because return rates in retail are really, really high. Um, when a customer has a return, there's a high chance that they don't buy again. But also there are shoppers like me who return you know, 80% plus of what they buy. Um, and they often come across as the very best customers where in fact they're not actually keeping anything. Um, so we're helping retailers understand the real perspective of their data from that, through that lens of what shoppers mm. keep. And how much are retailers losing from returns? So there's a recent piece of research that said globally 400 billion, right. of which 200, at least 200 billion of which is preventable. Um, so that means that things like bad products are getting into the supply chain or marketing activity is driving returns or indeed, you know, there, there is basically real mm. fundamental issues of things being packed wrong, misdelivered, all of that kind of thing. Um, so $400 billion is a lot of money and it's not a particularly well-discussed subject. Why do you think that is? No, everybody likes sales. I mean, most of the people in the retail and and the advertising marketing environment are rewarded on sales Mm -hmm. as opposed to sales minus returns. Now, UK fashion return rates from online are about 30%, um, often even higher than that. So really you're taking those top line sales figures and then you're kind of cutting 30% plus off. Mm -hmm. People hate that. Um, And returns are seen as a very unsexy thing. It's about parcels and warehouses and operational stuff, whereas sales is about, Mm. you know, what the whole retailer feels that they're yeah. about. Um, but actually, you know, it, our argument is it's not a sale until the customer actually decides to keep it, and they do that at home. Mm. So where did the idea for Clear Returns come from, and how, and how did you grow from that seed? Uh, so I have a long career in data analytics. I used to work on Tesco's Club Card very early in my career. I worked for Google Analytics and at HP, um, and I was really heavily involved in conversion analytics, but I was also really aware that as a shopper, I'm absolutely terrible. I mean, I spend hundreds, if not thousands of pounds, I bring it all home, and then I choose, and then 80% of it odd goes back. Okay. So I realized that my behavior just wasn't reflected in the data that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the retailers were not actually making accurate decisions about who to target mm-hmm. and what was working and what wasn't mm-hmm. working. So I pounded the uh, high street, persuaded a few chairmen, CEO and retailers to give me some um, chunks of data and then sat down to mathematically prove whether it was possible to predict what products were going to return oh, or what customers were going to return. Yeah. So once I proved that, then I decided it was a business. What's it like working in the data tech world? Oh, it's incredibly fast-moving. You know, I, I the, the whole time I worry we're not going fast enough. Right. Everybody else is kind of thinks that I never sleep and that we don't slow down and uh, you know that we're running at a crazy pe- speed. I feel the data tech, m- m- you know, space is moving so yeah. incredibly quickly, um, and yeah, 
every time one of the team breaks something, they go, yeah, but Vicky, if we don't break things, we're not moving fast enough, right? To a point. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think there is that velocity within the data market? Um, I think it's a hugely exciting, attractive space for people to want to work in. Mm -hmm. um, like everybody and their dog is a data scientist at the moment. Um, but you know, the, the technology is coming. You know, you've got convergence of you know cheap, affordable cloud uh, space. You've got things like R. You know, Python script widely used. You've got you know, the Hadoop's and the big data stuff, which is less my area of expertise, or some of my team are. Mm -hmm. That's all coming together at a relatively affordable hardware and software level. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's in dramatically short supply is the brains. And there's right. nothing like getting a bunch of smart people together who know they're in demand to mm -hmm. kind of be creative and innovate. Mm -hmm. And the data you use um, to, to create your models is obviously very objective. But you're working in an industry which is very subjective, people's buying habits. Yeah. And how do you marry the two together? Um, I, I think that's really interesting because I, I think it does stretch, um, it does stretch all those kind of statistical cliches about you know, correlation is not causation. You know, just because somebody's bought pink socks doesn't mean that they're a serial returner. Mm -hmm. Yes, there happens to actually be, bizarrely enough, with men, a correlation between coloured socks and their returning habits, but, you know, it's not causation. Um, so there's, there's lots of things going on in there. Um, what you can sometimes, you actually need to do is look at the product. We've sometimes seen, you know, things that are re returning at 90%. And, and honestly, you take it off the rack and you look at it and you think, why wasn't it returning at 100%? Only because there's a certain number of people who just hate to return or you know, they just don't return anything. Mm. Um, one of the interesting areas we do a lot of work in is why something's returned. Um, it's the biggest area of contention. Mm -hmm. And in the end, um, the date when, when people write, if they write on their forms about why they're returning something, that never gets quantitatively back into the system. Likewise, if you tell the, res the, the person at the till when you take something back why, the chances of that getting into a database is very slim. So we do a lot of mining mm -hmm. of reviews and pe people's feedback to really get a little bit granular for some direction mm -hmm. on why things are coming back. So we try to mix the um, subjective and the, the hardcore quantitative stuff. And are you the only people in the space doing this? We absolutely are specialist in returns. Yes, okay. there's people working on loyalty analytics. You know, there's there's there's, there's people using data in detail for everything. Mm -hmm. um, then, of course, you have the people that are using technology to sort of do scale tools, so understanding how something will look in your home or virtual fittings, that kind of thing. But we're pure specialists in predicting what's going to come back and preventing it. Mm. Um, not preventing it at the customer level, I right. hasten to add, but spotting. Essentially, we have an early warning system on when a product is getting out of control so that it can be pulled out of marketing or it can be re-described, re-photographed, um, quality controlled, um, any number of things. Yeah. TVs that need software upgrades, that kind of thing. And, you know, back to working with IBM and everything, it's quite impressive and you've now considered a high growth startup, but do you consider yourself still a startup? Um, I think no. Um, Sherry Kutu recently did the scale up report, and, and uh, you know, 
we were very fortunate. Uh, uh, Sherry Kuti of Sealy uh, Valley came to the UK, took me and five, uh, 15 female CEOs to Silicon Valley last year to re really help us prepare to scale mm -hmm. and understand what growth looks like. So we went out and met uh, Michelle Sandberg and Julia Hartz, who set up Eventbrite, and we kind of went around and met these amazing women who have grown very, very, very fast companies, and it is a different process. When you get, you look at your figures like I do right now, and you're in this crazy scenario, you're in four-figure, four-digit growth figures. Mm -hmm. I mean, it reflects the stage of your journey, but it's like, whoa, that's amazing. X many thousand percent growth, and, and the scale-up companies are in that place because they're moving out of that startup mm -hmm. world into a new world and it's actually quite difficult it's harder to see i find it's harder to see the path yeah it's harder to see the footsteps that are already ahead of you you've got all the challenges that you had before but they just get perhaps bigger and more complex mm. um it's an incredible journey it really really is but some of the things that you come to experience is perhaps your very first team or your very first product <laughs> Or, um, you know, all the things that you did at the beginning and worked when you were bootstrapping startup, they need revisiting, mm. tweaking, proving. When you've got large enterprise paying customers, their demands are different, their mm -hmm. expectations of you are different. Um, you can't do the, it's cool, let's break stuff because we're clever mm. on a Friday afternoon or on the day before the biggest trading day, you have service level agreements. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and in your first year as a startup, you know, service level agreement is not something you're ever going to be uh, worrying yeah. about. You've been listening to the Hot Topics podcast. For more content, including live events and videos, visit hottopics.ht.